0: Welcome, everybody, welcome. My name is Marcus on the campus pastor at the Rock Church, Point Loma. I'm super excited to, to share God's words today. Pastor Miles is with his family today, spending time with his family. And you guys, this is a great, great time of the year. Can I hear amen? amen. This is a time of year where, where we make a lot, a lot of memories. We got Thanksgiving around the corner, super excited about. And it's, during this time, I start, to, I start to reflect upon my life and, and great memories and memories. And I was thinking the other day about a great memory that, that I had several years ago. And um, spring break is a time when my wife and I and our four kids, we like to, we try to go to, we try to, go to Hawaii every spring break. The key word is try. <laughs> Typically we can't go to Hawaii on spring break because we're spring broke. Right? <laughs> Anybody relate with that? But once in a while we get to slip away to Hawaii. Remember this year we really needed to get away and, and we weren't going to be able to afford Hawaii. We hadn't been there in a while and we really, really wanted to go. But, you know, it wasn't I think we were going to be able to go to Santee that year instead of, instead of Hawaii. It's nice, don't get me wrong, the, the Dairy Queen is delicious. But some friends of ours, a, a different family, and then they go to one of the, one of the rock churches uh, at a different campus. A different family had, had secured a, a house for Hawaii. And so they had a house for them and their family. And, 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 and they, they invited us to go to Hawaii with them on, 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 uh, uh, and go to that house. And, and it was amazing because this house, usually when we go to Hawaii, we do like Hawaii on a budget. You know what I mean? You know, like Costco and the beach. That's it, right? Luau's, I just make my I put skirts on my kids and make them dance, right? But we were like... High roll in Hawaii this time. It was at a house on the beach, and one of my favorite memories was being there in the water during the sunset. And as the sun was setting, I looked at the family we were there with, so thankful. But looking at my wife and our four kids, and we were all there in the ocean as the sun was setting, and it's still to this day. I reflect upon that moment and 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 cherish those memories. We're going to do some interacting today, so I'm going to just ask everybody to kind of like get out of your comfort zone because we're going to engage a lot today. And the way we're going to start that off, first of all, everybody take 30 seconds. I want you to reflect upon one of your favorite memories, whether it's during the holidays or whether it's as a kid or, or whatever it is. Take a minute. 30 seconds right there and think of your favorite memory. And in a minute I'm going to ask you guys to share that with somebody. So so take this time to think of a favorite, one of your favorite memories. I'm taking a risk here, but if you could do that. If you're watching online, just join our Facebook page and share with us one of your favorite memories there as well. All right, this is what we're going to do. Because I have a theory, and I hope I'm right. I want you guys right now to share one of those favorite memories with each other, just for about a minute and then we're going to go from there. So find somebody you either came or didn't come with or whatever, just share with somebody one of your favorite memories right now. Just get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone. Okay, cool. Cool. Thank you for participating. That's great. I'm feeling better. Here's the deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call a couple of people out that I don't know. I don't know what your memory is, but, but I have a theory about that memory. And hopefully hopefully I'm right. So I'm going to choose somebody from this section, somebody from this section. And, and I'm going to ask you just, just to share your favorite memory. So here we go. Let me go. Here we go. Uh, what about this... This lady is turning on right there. Yes, share with us. First of all, share us your name. What's your name? Kelly. Kelly, why don't you stand up, Kelly, and share with us one of your favorite memories?
1: I was just—I was just telling him um, my favorite memory was when my company sent me to Costa Rica. Um, they spoiled us rotten. And we had a really special day doing all these activities and events. And on the way back to the hotel, um, everybody on the bus fell asleep except for me, because I just really appreciated the day. And when I was looking out the window, I saw this little girl. You could tell she was very poor. And um, she just waved, she just looked up and smiled at me. And we, we waved at each other. And I just thought, she's so grateful for her little yeah, life. Yeah. And I just had a really grateful moment
0: there. Thank you. Let's go it for Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. Uh- Thanks for sharing. Your your work sent you to Costa Rica? I want to know, who do you work for and are there openings? (laughs) Thank you, Kelly. Over here, uh, let me choose somebody here. Let me choose this gentleman with the beard right here. Why don't you share, give us your name. Give us your name, please, sir. Michael. Michael. Michael, what's one of your favorite memories? Why don't you stand up, Michael? All of our travels. All of your travels. All right, sit down. I thought it was the day my beard was born. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, great. Hey, Kelly and Michael, here was my theory. And for the rest of you guys, I bet you your favorite memories revolve around your community and people. Can I hear amen? As you guys were sharing, we have Kelly, and you heard we. You heard we, my company. They blessed us. It's around her community her favorite people. We have Michael. that He said all of our travels. Well, today we're going to talk about community. Today we're going to talk about the benefit of being in a Christ-centered community. Okay, here's the next interactive part. And it's either going to be awesome or it's going to stink. I prefer awesome. Who prefers awesome? Yeah, okay, good. You guys are part of the awesome. So I'm going to play a medley of songs with the same theme. If at some point in your life you've sang this song or it's been a part of your life or you enjoyed it, I need you to stand up. Right, I need you to stand up. If you want to dance, that's okay. Keep it biblical because we're in church, right? (laughs) Keep it right in here. Okay? And so, and if you want to sing along, that's great. Every one of these songs has been important to me at some point in my life. So as this happens, I'm going to be able to see who my people are, at different points, who's standing. Because every one of these songs has been, it's important to me. So if we can just bump the tunes right now and please participate. Otherwise, I'm going to look like a big dork. Okay, who is this song that has a, a, ever been, no, don't raise your hand, stand up, stand up. Okay, thank you. You There you go. Feel free to sing along. Come on. You just remember what what your old friend said, boy, you've You've got got a friend friend in me. me. All right, all right. about this next one. Yeah, I went old school church nerd style. Yeah, yeah. If you grew up in church, you know this song, right? You got your, what would Jesus do, bracelet, stand up, don't be shy. Ever youth group going to Magic Mountain? Yeah, not a lot of people grew up in church here. Yeah, now what is this? It's called Christian music. Oh yeah! Let me see what my people are. Yeah, this must be eighth grade. That's right, little Houdini. Let's be friends. what we do every day and most of the time we use it in the wrong way now you can look the world look again and again but the dictionary doesn't know with me being a friend
2: never
0: had a friend you ain't never, never had a friend never had a friend never had a friend like me <laughs> I know. I know. You know this song. I know you sung this song. That's right. Come on, don't be shy.
3: Don't
0: be shy. I know you're singing it. That's right. That's right. That's right. right. This brother thinks it's a worship song over there. He's like, yes, Jesus. (laughs) Come on. Winter, spring, summer, fall.
3: All you got to to do is call.
0: And I'll be there yeah, yeah, yeah. let me hear it you've got, got a friend yeah give yourself a hand. <laughs> Awesome. Oh, I'm so glad you guys participated. That was awesome. But it's about friendships it's about community. you know it's interesting because God is a triune. It's Father, Son and Holy Ghost. okay so we have God, it's a community and who he loves and who he came for, check this out. It's the church. The Greek word for church is ecclesia from the book Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesia, the church, means the gathering. So check this out. We have God a community, a relationship. came for the church. Who's the gathering? right? And here's the deal: the enemy, Diablo. The Greek word for the devil. This is how devil is defined in the Greek. We think of pitchforks, horns, red suits, scary. This is what the definition of the Diablo is. The devil. The who, who divides. Wow. Wow. So we have God, a community, that came for the church, the gathering, the community. And the enemy of God and the church is the devil whose name means he who divides. And as you read the book of Genesis, as the God made everything, he made the trees and he said, it was good. He made man and he said, he made the ocean and he said, he made the stars in the sky and he said, for six times in Genesis 1, God creates something and he says, The first time the Bible mentions that it's not good. We find it in Genesis 2. And what was not good, he said, it was not good for man to be alone. So we have God, a community, coming for the church, a community. The enemy of that community is the devil, the one who divides. And the first time God ever says it's not man, good for man to be—it's not good for man to be alone. You know what? The devil is a divider. Let me tell you what he wants to do with everybody in here. He wants to divide you from the presence of God. Can I hear, amen? amen? He wants to destroy you and lie to you. He wants to separate us from God. But what he wants to do on Earth, a practical way, is to separate us from each other. He wants to separate you from godly relationships. He wants to separate you from godly community and he wants to separate us. I felt it this last week that it's not good for a man to be alone. My wife, we've been married for 18 years. Where's Tracy? Stand up, Tracy, that's my wife right there. There's the lucky lady right there. There's the lucky lady. (laughs) So her sister is in London. And she invited my wife and she flew my wife to London and to Cambridge. So for 10 days, my wife was drinking spots of tea and she was getting her, her, what's the show we watch? She was getting her Downton Abbey on, right? While she was gone, it was a little rough for me on this side of the pond. Like the Bible said, it's not good for man to be alone, especially when that man is me. <laughs> so, while she was gone, a, a series of things happened. One, my son had broke his ankle before she left. But while she was gone, I took him to the doctors for, for, uh, for an um, appointment, and they were supposed to take the cast off. And then hopefully he would be able to walk. So we prayed. We prayed for supernatural healing. And I took them to the doctors. They took the cast off, and they x-rayed it, and they said, you've got four more weeks in the cast. And his heart just broke. And my heart broke. And I see him there, just sad and down. And, and I don't know what to tell him. My wife's the one that handles these emotions. Right? But I've been through injury, I knew what to do. What I did is I went around him and I put my arm around him and I just went. That's all I had for him. That's all I had. My daughter, Kayla. We had to schedule her knee surgery. She tore her ACL. She's got to go through knee reconstruction. Missed a whole year of soccer. This is devastating for her. But I've had seven knee surgeries. It was okay. Mom's not, I know what to do. I know what to do. I went to my daughter Kayla. I put my arm around her and just. This Saturday I took my wife to LAX. My daughters had a game that day. My other daughter, Macy, my 15-year-old, suffered a head trauma, and I took her to the doctor's the week my wife was gone, and they told me she had a concussion. She hates missing school. Her world turned upside down. She slept for days. She's still recovering. But I've had several concussions. I played football in college. I know how to deal with this. So simply I went to my daughter, Macy. I put my arm around, her, I just went. So that was Thursday, things were heavy, it's not good for man to be alone. So then I did what any loving father would do on Friday, Veterans Day, I took my kids to Chick-fil-A. Because if that don't cheer them up, nothing will. Dad's got this, dad's got this. I stick the four kids in the minivan, our new minivan that I got for my wife recently. I guess I technically shouldn't have been driving when she was away. She allows me, but you'll see why. We went to Chick-fil-A, and it's Friday, 12 o'clock, and it's packed. It's Veterans Day. My dad's working there. It's my brother's Chick-fil-A in La Mesa. I love it because it's free food for me. Right? And it's Veterans Day. And what's better way to honor your dad than to let him serve you some free Chick-fil-A. Right? He's 25 years in the military. Green Beret. War hero. And he's giving me some free chicken. That was Veterans Day for me. So we love my dad. We spent time with them. But on the way in there, I let my kids up a set for Diego. And I'm looking for parking. And so much stuff's in my mind because my wife's gone. My kids are injured. My, my heart is heavy. I can't wait for Tracy to be back. And I make a right turn, and there's this armored car. A big, bulletproof armored car. And there's a lot of traffic. And I'm nervous. I got a lot in my head. And I make a right turn and I turn right into the corner of the still bumper of the armored car, to which it literally rips half of my car in half on the right-hand side. My son's there sitting next to me. I put my head down and I just start... I want to cry, but like there's nothing coming out because I haven't eaten Chick-fil-A yet. (laughs) And I start to... And I tell my son, Diego, I'm just really overwhelmed right now. But he knew exactly what to do and I know he's my son. (laughs) He put his arm around me and he just went... So I picked up my wife Monday and it was great and I'm so glad you're back, honey. I missed you so much and I'm sorry about the car really. I'm very sorry. But having her back made things so much better because she's my community. She's my support. She's my team. And having the family together, it feels great. Today I want to talk about this story in the book of Daniel. And the, book is, the story is about four young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and also Daniel. And what it was, was these were four young men that were in the land of Judah. Think of where Jerusalem and Israel is right now. And Babylon at that point had a king called Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar came and he besieged Judah. And they took everything and they plundered it and they took all the goods and the gold and the resources that were God's and he played them for Babylon. And what they would do with some of the young guys... Some of the young guys that were smart, young, handsome, talented, instead of incarcerating them or instead of making them slaves, they said, let's use some of this young talent and let's bring them into the king's palace. So that's where the story is. These four young Hebrew Israelites who have been now basically enslaved and they were part of the royal family in Judah, but The king, Nebuchadnezzar, sees the talent and wants to make them part of his realm. So he brings them in, these four young men. What it was so cool, because these four guys were tight. And these guys had a good, godly community. And today we're going to look at three things that having a Christ-centered community is going to do for you. And so the king calls them and he says, you know what? I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to treat you like the royal family. You guys are going to get the royal food and the royal drinks. So the royal meat and the royal wine. And they got together and said, hey guys, we shouldn't do this. I was like, why? Because this meat and this wine is set aside for their gods. And they sacrifice it to their gods. So what are we going to do? Let's do this. Right? Let's do a test. And they told the king and his men, look, let's do something. Thanks, we want, to be, we want to help you out. But for the next 10 days, give us water and give us vegetables and fruits and nuts. And compare how we are 10 days later to your guys. So the king did that. He obliged and he tested them. And 10 days later, he tested his young men. And he tested the four Hebrew young men. And what he noticed these four godly young men, that they were able to do that because of their strength of their community. Because of their relationships. Because of pouring one another. Because of unification. They were able to not only withstand, but they looked bigger, faster, and stronger. So the king said, fine. Fine. You don't have to eat the meats and the wines that we give to our gods. Because obviously... You guys are doing just fine. So let's pick up the story in the book of Daniel, chapter 1, verse 17. And the book of Daniel is after Proverbs, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. So I'll give you guys a minute to turn there. So we're going to be in 1, So after that test, and if you don't have it, you can just pay attention as I read it. 117 says this To these four young men, God gave knowledge, understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. So, this is what happened God saw that they were faithful. Everybody say, faithful. God saw that they were faithful, and He gave them power. Everybody say, power. Power. Listen, that's the first thing having a Christ-centered community is going to give you. So when you hear these points, I want you to listen to them in twofold. One, on the practical. One, as my wife came back, how my power increased. My power as a parent. My confidence. My power to take care of my kids. My power to minister with my community increased. So think of it on the practical level and think of it on the spiritual level as well. Of having a community with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Through both of those comes a stream of power. These guys would not have had the strength to do this alone. Can I hear amen? Amen. And God, when he saw that they put him first, then he gave them extra power. He said, all right, guys, since you didn't do that, I'm going to give you extra knowledge. I'm going to give you extra grace. I'm going to give you extra understanding. And to you, Daniel, I'm going to give you the ability to interpret dreams. Which we're going to see here is going to be very, very key. Because by them doing that, King Nebuchadnezzar started having dreams. And he wanted an explanation of these dreams. But it was God's community that had the power. You know, I often think of a fireplace. Or fire and if you have all those pieces of wood together, right? They stay warm, they stay heated, right? But if you take one of those logs of wood and you pull it out of the fireplace or you put it to the side, what starts happening with that piece of wood that's separate? Right? It starts to cool off, it starts to use some of its effectiveness. It starts to be on its own and you will see later that group of wood is still burning and it's still got that power. And that piece of wood that you separated right now is fizzling and it's dwindling away. And it's barely a a fire ember while the others are thriving. Well, that's what the enemy, the divider wants to do with us. He wants to take you and separate you from God's people so you don't have that power. And so now we have King Nebuchadnezzar. Right, who said, I need someone to interpret my dream. So he called all of his magicians and he called all of his magical people with powers. And he invited them to interpret the dream. And they came to him and they said, King, we'll interpret the dream. Do us a favor. Let us know what your dream is and we'll tell you what it means. And Nebuchadnezzar was like, "Uh uh-uh, no. This is what you're going to do. If you've got this power, you are going to tell me what my dream is. Then you're going to interpret it. By the way, if you try to do it and you're wrong, I will cut you into little pieces. Well, not many of them volunteered for that because they didn't have that power. But then... Daniel goes to the king and he tells him, king, this is your dream. Not only is this your dream, but this is what your dream means. And the king witnessed that power and he could not believe it. And he told Daniel, Daniel, because you did this, I am going to honor you now. So that brings us to our next point. It is now in Daniel chapter 2, verse 49. Chapter 2, 49. So this is after Daniel interpreted that dream. And we'll actually, we'll pick it up at 48. It says this. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all of its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. Number two, what the Christ in your community will give you is provision. Every say provision. Every say provision, right? It's going to take care of you. Right? If you're in a community that loves God and surrounds you, they're going to take care of you. So many oftentimes, guys, when we are helping out people that come and want to get help from, from the church, we ask a series of questions. And when we ask them, hey, do, do you where's your family? You know what we hear? They're not here. Or I'm separated from them. Okay, okay, what about your R group? And we'll put on an R group slide here in a little bit, right? What about an R group? And it shows you how you can get connected. What group are you in? You know what the answer is? I'm not in a group. Then we ask them, well, what about, what what service do you attend faithfully? Who do you sit with? I don't know. So many times the people that need help, guess what? God's way of having provision is many times through us. Can I hear amen? And in your group, what role do you play? Are you someone that gives life? Are you someone that encourages? Are you someone that gives opportunity? Because what Daniel did, he says, all right, if you're going to promote me, king, you know what? You're going to take care of my buddies. So Daniel, because he had that relationship with them, he found out, how can I leverage what God is doing for me to bless other people? God wants to provide provision for you. Sometimes supernaturally, but oftentimes just practically with real life. Can I hear amen? My, 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 my daughter, Macy, who's 15, who's recovering from her, from, from her concussion, a friend of hers named Aubrey, just gave her a, a, a box that said, "Somebody loves you." And she wrote her a nice little card, and she made for her little little handmade gifts, and she did all kinds of special things for her. And she said this, this is for the rainy days." And she just hand-wrote a series of, of things for Macy to be encouraged as she's recovering from her concussion. So this is part of my daughter's little little community she has. This one says, whoever your prince charming is, I already know that he doesn't deserve you. I like this girl. She can stick around. I like her. I don't know where that little jerk is right now, but I'll tell you what. If he thinks he's going to get my no, I'm just kidding. This one says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Wow. This one says, it's her name, M-A-C-E-Y. And it says, magnificent, adorable, caring, energetic. Yippee, I love Macy. She's a nice girl. Should we did to have her for dinner. This one says, Macy, you're the hottest Mexican I know. I'm not sure I like this girl that much anymore. (laughs) She's only quarter Mexican. You're the hottest quarter Mexican I know. Here's the point, because of this little basket, my daughter Macy has been very encouraged this time. Because her community has provided, can I hear amen. Provided love, affection, encouragement. And you know what? The opposite of that, if you ever watch studies on solitary confinement or you watch documentaries, it will break your heart. Because people that are like that log of fire that are pushed aside to be on their own, their flame flame goes out. And eventually people in solitary confinement that are 100% sane, most of them have some sort of mental emotion or breakdown. And some of them go insane because of only being alone. Well, there's some who are alone today. You've placed yourself in your own spiritual solitary confinement. And God wants to say, no. I want you part of my community and I want you part of a healthy community. So then we know God's community, Christ's community provides power. It provides provision. And so then Nebuchadnezzar creates a 90-foot statue. And he tells everybody, whoever doesn't bow down to this statue You are going to be thrown into fire. And so it came where the trumpets sounded and the music came out and it was time for everybody to bow down. So they were watching Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and they were watching them and they did not bow down. And then they told the king, they're not bowing down. And the king decided, because they're not bowing down, I am going to throw you into the fire. So the king came and tried to reason with them. And let's pick up the story now at Daniel 3.16. So the, the king tried to reason with Daniel, and, 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 I mean, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and tried to tell them, hey, guys, you guys better bow down. Right here, check this out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, oh, Nebuchadnezzar. We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the fire, the blazing furnace, then God, the God we serve, is able to save us. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not want us to know, O king, he we will not serve your God or worship the image of gold you have set up. This is what they told the king. Hey, listen up, king. That, that statue there, my God is bigger than that statue because my God is for real. And my God is going to save me. And I trust my God. And I don't need your food or your little G gods because I got a big G God. And by the way, place us in that fire and watch what happens. And he's going to save us. And if he don't save us, guess what? I don't care anyways. Because I won't bow down. How cool to be able to say that. To tell the devil, you know what, devil, I ain't gonna live the life your way. I'm not gonna sin. I'm not gonna do those things. And I'm not gonna fall for your lies. And guess what? God's gonna bless me. And if I ain't blessed, I ain't gonna do it anyway because I'm gonna serve the Lord. Amen. So the king throws him to the fire. And what happens was very surprising was the three guys Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The men that the the king chose to throw into the fire, they died because the fire was seven times hotter than normal. And as he looked into the fire, he stuck three guys in there and he counted four. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And he said this the fourth one, he said this the king said, the fourth one looks like the son of God. Wow, you know who wants to be with you in your fire, guys? The Son of God. He wants to be with you. And as we close up, we're going to close up a little bit different. I finished about 10 minutes early so we can do something different. I'm going to first give a chance for everybody to make sure when they leave, they are in the community of the Son of God. To make sure that they've got God's power. Make sure that they have God's provision. And make sure that they have God's peace. The only way these guys could do this is because they had peace. They weren't tripping on what the world was saying because they had peace. And some of us in here need to make sure we secure that peace of God. And after we do that, we're going to take a couple minutes to do an exercise. So we're not done yet. Like I said, I finished early to make sure we had this time. But right now, I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. And I know in a room this size, there are people that have strayed away from God. There are people that maybe have never even they given their life to the Lord. And during this time, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, "You know what, Pastor Marcus? I want to make sure I'm in God's community. I want to make sure that I have God's power. I want to make sure I have God's provision. Now, I want to make sure I have God's peace because I don't have those. And if that's you here today with your with your eyes bowed, with your eyes closed, and your heads bowed." Just gonna say a simple prayers and I'm to acknowledge God as your king and invite him to your heart and the privacy of your heart. Just say, Dear God, please forgive me. I want to be your child. I want your community. I invite you to my heart and give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins and make me new. God, I want your power. God, I want your provision. And God, I want your peace. I give my life to you. I want to be yours. And you'll be mine. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer today on the count of three, I'm just going to ask for you to lift up your hand and we're just going to acknowledge you. That's you today. And you made that decision to be for God and God for you. On a count of three, just slip up your hand. It's very simple. On the count of three. One, two, three. Slip up your hand. Amen. Amen. Keep them up. Amen. Keep them up. Amen. All throughout the room. Keep them up. Amen. We see that. Amen. Keep them up. Amen. 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 We see you. Amen. Amen. You can slip them down. We're going to do finish up a little bit differently. Usually we ask you to come forward. What we're going to do, we're going to ask you to let us know via text. We'll put this on a screen so we can follow up with you, because we're going to close up with an activity. And also if you made that decision, I saw many of you throughout the room. We have our pastoral support team here afterwards. We want you to come down and connect with them. For the rest of you, for the next three minutes, we're going to ask you to do something very simple. First of all, please don't leave, because this is the whole point of the message. Community. Because you may not need it, but there's people here that need you to say hello. There's people here that walked in hopeless today. There's people here today that have come for months and never met anybody. So here in a minute, I'm just going to ask you guys to do something very simple. I want you to turn around in groups of four or six. I don't care. Get to know somebody. Sometimes you see people every Sunday and you don't know who they are. Introduce yourself to them. Share with them a little something about you and just ask this question, how can I pray for you? It's very simple. It will take three minutes. So do me a favor. We're not done yet. We still have five minutes before we close up. Take three minutes just to connect. Introduce yourself and then ask them how you can pray for them. Build community right now. Well, thank you guys for participating. I'm glad to see you guys are still chatting. You guys can have a seat as we, as we close up. This doesn't need to end here, by the way. Hopefully you met somebody. You can continue to chat with them in the lobby, grab a lunch with them, have coffee with them, pray for them after the service. But this community that's happening right now, you guys, we need Who enjoyed, get to know someone. Let me hear Let's just thank the Lord for that. God's community, guys, do not let the devil separate you. God wants you to have power. Everybody say power. God wants you to have this provision. Everybody say provision. God wants you to have peace. Everybody say peace. We're going to have an R group slide up here. They're going to slip up. So you can text to get involved in a group if you want to get involved in one. We have a pastoral support team that's going to come up as well. If you made a decision for Christ, all the hands around the room, please let us know and come up let the pastoral support team know. You guys made. Lord, richly bless you. Won't you close us out, Pastor Vincent?
2: Amen. Can we give Pastor Marcus a hand for uh, preparing that sermon? It's not easy to come up here and engage thousands of people, and so we're really grateful for him. Just a couple quick announcements before we leave. Number one, Toys for Joy. Stop by the booth on the way out. Figure out how you can get involved, how you can be giving of your time, of your talent, and your treasure, as Pastor Miles always says. Uh, we have our Ladies Christmas event that happens every year. Ladies, where are you at? Yeah. It's going to be an amazing time. Uh, guest speaker Cynthia Garrett-Charles will be here, and Pastor Nova will be leading worship, so you don't want to miss that. It's going to be from 3:30, 3 to 8.30 p.m. on uh, December Second, uh, you don't want to miss that. You can get more details on our website and also on Facebook. Um, As always, we have our life class today. And the F portion is about faithful stewardship. So it's a great way to learn about your attributes, about how God's designed you to be a part of this community and how your gifts can be used to further glorify him. So if you're interested, stop by in the lobby. You can um, come back at 1.30 and it will be getting started right at 2 o'clock. And as always, we have our Saturday morning prayer every Saturday here at the Point Loma campus from nine to 10, just one hour. We encourage you guys to finish the year strong and lift up your hearts to God. I'm gonna pray for us as we close. Thank you, God, for being so generous to us that we get to come to church, we get to encounter you. And as you are our community, Lord, may we model our lives after you. May we fervently pursue one another. May we lift up each other's burdens and may we be honoring you and how we live our lives in Jesus name. Amen. Once again, if you need prayer for any reason, please visit our pastoral support team. They'd love to pray for you. Have a good afternoon.
3: Every day, we go to war again, we assume, we know so much more than them, before we hear what they have to say. Headline breaks, and we start to hate again, calling them names again. I want to see It's get- okay. Oh. It, Abba father you hear us call it, you hear us call of a father. Christ, our mercy. like a virus. Hate is cheap. From afar it cost you nothing, sister, take. so I It's searching for the way to go stranger heavy hearted longing for some one you know may you find a light you